0: This is a BoardWalk Audio podcast.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. My name is Megan and I'll be your host today. So for those of you listening for the first time, we'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City and each week I'll have a brand new guest to join me. So this week we have an amazing guest, Frank Capello, and we'll be watching season 2, episode 11, entitled Evolution. Now, if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City, or on Twitter at C-A-T-C podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please go like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas, etc., you can email us at Cosmosandthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you. Have you guys heard about Handy? So Handy is a website where you can book top-rated home cleaners in Handyman. You just book a cleaner today, and you can save by going to BoardWalkAudio.com slash Handy. They are friendly, vetted professionals at your doorstep. So go check them out. BoardWalkAudio.com slash Handy. This show is brought to you by BoardWalk Audio, and they've got a lot of other awesome podcasts. So head over to BoardWalkAudio.com to check them out. And if you like this show and want to support it, the best way to do so is by shopping. That's right. Just go to BoardWalkAudio.com Cosmos. Click on the Amazon logo to the left and start shopping. And we'll also put a link in the show notes. All right. Well, enjoy the show. Cheers. Cheers. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Cosmos and the City. The Sex in the City podcast today we are talking about season two episode 11 titled Evolution. And I have a really special guest, Frank Capello. Yeah,
0: hello, Megan. Hey,
1: what's up? Not
0: much. <laughs> just uh, just drove my car two blocks over here uh, to yeah. to your house because we're we're neighbors.
1: Right. I noticed that, but it's really hot.
0: It's hot, and I I really pushed it to the last possible moment to leave. I was I was like, if I give myself ten minutes, I can easily walk, but I gave myself three, so I drove.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Frank, tell us about yourself.
0: Um, I uh, well, all right. I <laughs> am a uh, I am a writer, performer, uh, comedic. My yeah. God, what a what a terrible brand!
1: Yeah, no, you're a comedian <laughs> these yeah, days.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been writing comedy and uh, have been acting for about the last eight oh, years, decade. Oh mm-hmm.
1: my goodness, I forgot. Cheers,
0: cheers, <laughs>
1: cheers!
0: Whoa, <laughs> is that that's 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 one of the the main setup segments?
1: Yeah, usually cheers, people. Oh okay. goodness.
0: Well, we both have drinks, so at least <laughs> at least we're both capable. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yum yum yum.
1: <laughs> All right, continue.
0: Uh yeah, no, I've been in LA for about uh eight years and writing perform my performing my own comedy. Uh, I've done some TV stuff, done some internet stuff, and nice. uh yeah, whatever pays the bills.
1: Now you were on a lifetime movie, right?
0: <laughs> I it was technically a pop TV movie. I don't even know what that is. That's a network, apparently. Oh. That's the network that uh that aired it. Yes. I was um I was the male lead in a what is essentially a lifetime movie? Uh, it's called Mothers of the Bride.
1: Oh, yes,
0: um, about a girl who is adopted and is getting married to me, uh, and <laughs> on in the wake of her wedding decides to find her birth mother, who turns out is like a fabulous wedding planner. And then the two, what? yeah, and then the two mom, her adoptive mom and her biological mom. You know, have this contentious relationship right off the bat, and gearing up for the wedding, and it's just me in the middle. Just you know,
1: that sounds so fun.
0: Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> it's yeah, it was a great experience. It shot up in in Solvang, California, which is it's like part of wine country, I believe. Okay, uh, but it's like a Dutch town. Um, so it's like this weird, strange, like Dutch town in the middle of like you drive like two and a half, three hours north, and suddenly it's just like windmills and oh, uh,
1: that sounds lovely. Yeah, all
0: these like thatched roofs and and whatnot. So I got to shoot up there for a couple weeks. Is great.
1: Cool. Yeah. And now you're like going around town doing uh, stand up,
0: doing stand up and uh, and writing mainly mainly writing. Uh, got a couple TV projects in the pipe.
1: Noise. Yeah,
0: trying to trying to make moves. <laughs> Make waves—that's
1: uh, we're all trying to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I'm—I'm uh, I'm a multifaceted, multi-hyphenate performer, writer, <laughs> everything. I do it all.
1: So cool. Well, what's your background with Sex in the City?
0: Oof, that is a loaded question. Um, I don't know how many uh like how many straight guys you've had on the show? Quite
1: a few. Quite
0: a few. Well, then maybe I have a similar experience, okay. which was <laughs> Sex and the City was airing originally in what like the late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm.
1: during your puberty yes, years. Yes, exactly. Exactly yeah. during my
0: puberty years. <laughs> and um I had a TV in my bedroom, um and you know, this was like the the internet was happening, but it wasn't as prevalent. so like it was still the age where, as like a like a my, like a budding <laughs> a budding teen boy right uh, you would like find stuff on late night on like HBO or Showtime or Cinemax mm-hmm. and you'd find out ahead of time, like I would use the TV guide and it would you know be like TV mature. there's gonna be nudity in this thing, and I would like highlight it and be like, great. gotta be up ten p m. to watch this thing. I don't know what it is, but I know that there's gonna be nudity in it. And half the time it would end up just being like a man's butt, right. um, which would be a letdown. So that was how I discovered Sex in the City. Um, but soon came to find out that I just started watching it because I really enjoyed the show. So I was like a 12, 13 year old boy, just like, Watching these three women just live their lives in New York and four women. Four oh Oh my God, four women. Sorry. Um,
1: Which one did you forget?
0: I don't know. I don't know why I said three instead of four. Maybe I'm just losing math. But
1: you're in that writing thing, right, where everything is good in threes.
0: Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm working on a thing right now where there's three leads, so I probably just that's just my default setting right now.
1: Like, did your mom ever like clean your room growing up? Like.
0: No, I was pretty self sufficient.
1: Okay. I just imagine her like finding this like highlighted HBO guide. Oh no, <laughs> I was
0: much more discreet than that. Okay. Like we had our own copy of T V Guide, but I would go to the grocery store and buy my own copy oh. of T V Guide. Okay. I wasn't yeah, no, I wasn't like leaving evidence <laughs> out for my mom to find. I was way, way smarter than that.
1: Gotcha.
0: Um but yeah, I got really got into the show <laughs> because I was just, i are just looking for masturbation fodder. Is is the yeah. is the, 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 the real story.
1: Yeah, because you didn't like we didn't all have like little laptops and we could just sit in our bed and no, know, scroll no, through. Yeah. Yeah, not
0: at all. Like the family computer was in the middle of the living room, <laughs> yeah, and so you were not chancing that. That was <laughs>
1: that was
0: risky business.
1: All right, well, let's talk about this episode. Um, um. Yeah,
0: I. It's so strange. Like I've never like I, I watched. I probably watched like the majority of the series as I was growing up, and then also like snippets of of it here and there with like. You know, girlfriends, friends, whatever, just like an episode beyond. be on. But like, they're burned into my memory. Mm-hmm. So like, watching this, I was like, oh, that's right. Like, specifically the whole conversation about the straight gay man or gay straight man, yes. I was like, I just had like flashbacks <laughs> to like my my teenage bedroom. And I was just like, I remember this. And it was like, so it was just such a vivid moment of uh, of like, I've seen this before. And like, this is like yeah. part of my psyche now.
1: That's such a crazy conversation.
0: It is. But it was also very timely for, mm-hmm. for that period in time. Cause I think that was probably around the same time that like queer the first queer eye was coming out. Maybe queer eye was a little bit later, but it was the first time yeah. that like the idea of like a metrosexual man was kind of like being entered into like the popular zeitgeist. Yes. And like that conversation was actually happening where it's like it's like, oh, there are some straight men that are like, you know, that take care of themselves, right. and, like and care about grooming and like culture and stuff like that. So it's 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 kind of dated watching it now, but mm-hmm. at the time it was I'm sure everyone was like, "Yeah, that is what's happening right now." Oh my god. Yeah, cuz
1: I, I don't think anyone would have that conversation now.
0: No, no.
1: Or not say it like that. Like I I have met like men in LA that I'm always kind of like, "I
0: wonder, not mm-hmm. really
1: sure, but I wouldn't be like are they a stray gay man or a gay straight man? Like
0: Yeah, it's kind of a blunt labeling thing. <laughs> especially in like this day of like non-binary, right. you know, like, like they're
1: just themselves.
0: Yeah, they're just themselves. And we don't need to tell them we don't need to like put a label on them and right. you know put them in a box of any kind.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so it, yeah, it's interesting watching them have that conversation.
1: Yeah. Um so let's see. So it starts out with um Miranda at the gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Which you've never gone to. No, I've never never
0: been up in the stirrups, unfortunately.
1: Um, And she finds out that she has a lazy ovary. That's right. um, Which, would a doctor really use that term? I don't know.
0: I have no idea. (laughs) I'm not qualified to weigh in on this (laughs) whatsoever.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, also, um, in this episode, her and Steve are broken up.
0: That's right. Sad.
1: Yes, Always love Steve. I know. And I, I didn't, I don't know if you remember how they broke up, but basically it was, he felt like she was basically too rich for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not good enough for you. And he breaks up with her.
0: Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. See, there's a lot of like details from the show that I don't remember.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, she's kind of like, she's the one that got dumped. Uh-huh. And um, so she's like, oh, I, I don't need to be on birth control anymore.
0: Got it, got it, got it, got <laughs> so, it, So,
1: because I'm not having sex. um, And then she finds out she has a lazy ovary. um, And then, like, the girls, they're at a dinner. And we talk about, what do we talk about? Oh, yeah, Charlotte, like, she's like, oh, well, I have a tilted uterus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what are all these things? Or what
0: did she, like, do it, like a hump? What did she say? Like uh. There's like they there, there are hurtled. You would you say hurtled uterus or like she, or, she
1: has a tilted. She has a
0: tilted uterus. But
1: yeah, she said like. But the
0: sperm have to get over a hurdle yeah, to they, get to the egg.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Miranda's like, well, at least there's an egg there to get to.
0: Yeah, I feel it. it watching that, I mean, I don't remember what I must have felt like when I was a child watching that, but <laughs> like, watching it as like an adult, it is. It seems like that. The, like the medical stuff that women have to go through reproductive wise, like just carries a lot more weight. And I don't know if that's like a societal thing, or if that's like, uh, or if that's just more, um, you know, like uh, I don't know. Women are more like in tune with their 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 bodies, or I, I, that's not the right way saying it. I just. <laughs> I just know that if I was with a group of guys and a guy was like, I'm shooting blanks over here, the other guys would be <laughs> like, oh, that sounds like an easy fix, you know, like, oh, great, good for you. Like, you know, it, it doesn't seem as dire for men. Right. Um so that was yeah, it was tough. It was tough watching Miranda take that L right at the top of the episode.
1: <laughs> well, I I think it's interesting cuz I, I think this was probably one of the first times on television where women were just talking about these like issues. Yeah. You know, pregnancy issues, um you know, that they have absolutely, and um, and eventually we they do start talk because when Charlotte meets Trey, he has an issue with shooting blanks. Is
0: that the Kyle McLaughlin character? Yes. <laughs> okay, yes,
1: <laughs> yes. So then they do t- talk about like men's reproductive organs as well, okay and his issues. So, they talk about both eventually.
0: The only issue I remember of Trey's is him like bathing with his mother watching. Like that's Yeah. <laughs> that like that's something that I'll like that's like burned into my memory.
1: I feel like that's super exaggerated. Like I don't know if that
0: What if that like really exists? Like if like an adult man is yeah. taking baths with his mother watching? I mean, I haven't encountered it, but I wouldn't put it outside of the realm of possibility.
1: Like, I'm just curious, like, the writer who wrote that episode, like, I wonder if, like, did that really happen?
0: No, it seems seems like a pretty far-fetched scenario. Yeah. But, I mean, by that point in the series, they had done as much stuff as you could do with, like, how weird men can be. So, (laughs) if you've got to invent something, then...
1: That's true.
0: I say go for it.
1: 'Cause I don't think we meet Trey till the third season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're still in the second one. Um, let's see. So Carrie, the big issue with Carrie this episode is <laughs> leaving stuff at Big's house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Woo. What
0: a what a step <laughs> in e- a relationship.
1: Yeah. I, I really don't think it's a big deal.
0: I don't think it's a big deal either. I mean, I, th- I think it depends on the person you're with at the time, you know? And I, right. I like, the whole tension between her and Big, the whole series, is, like, how serious is this? Is this going anywhere? Um, I always dive headfirst into relationships. So <laughs> as soon as a girl's like, can I leave some stuff here? I'm like, please, please leave stuff here. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so it didn't seem like a huge thing to me, but I, I understand in the, you know, in the constraints of, of their fictional relationship. That, that's that's something. That's something for them to, to work through.
1: Yeah, and she kind of like eases into it. You know, she leaves like a few things here, a few things there. Yeah. But then she leaves too much.
0: She crosses that line. <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder like how many physical objects it took before Big was like, no, 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 this is like the, what, she leaves like a hair iron and then a couple other things. Yeah,
1: like some beauty products. Some
0: beauty products.
1: But it all fit into a little bag cuz he brings it all back he brings it all back to, he it all back to sure, her sure
0: it couldn't have been that much i mean i know personally they did that shot from like inside of his mirror to show, yes. to show like all the clutter i know personally i ha- like might have my my mirror cabinet very meticulously organized so I, for me it'd be more of like an aesthetic thing than anything i'd be like you're like all of your items are encroaching on how my items look and fit inside the space, like let's let's work this, through this together. I'll like empty out a drawer or something, but like as far as my my mirror cabinet, it, it looks nice when I open it. So
1: <laughs> that's so lovely. Yeah. Well. So you you have a girlfriend? Yes. Right? Are any of her items in your cabinet?
0: Uh, yeah, we, she's got a few things. Okay, like toothbrush. Uh, you know, a couple other like maybe maybe like a a shampoo. Um few articles of clothing. Uh, but I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. That's good. <laughs> and I have stuff at her house. It's just a convenience thing. It's lovely. But we spend more time together than I think Carrie and Big do.
1: Yeah. So she, Carrie leaves all this stuff over at Big's, and I really like this voiceover she says. She says, Man may have discovered fire, but women discovered how to play with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really get that. I mean... What was your interpretation of that?
1: I don't know. I, I think it's like a fun line. But yeah, I mean, she's she's not trying to play a game. She's just trying—or maybe she is. She's trying to see how far she can go.
0: Sure. But I guess in like the analogy is like fire is like toiletries. <laughs> yeah. So like like a man has toiletries, but a woman knows how to play with toiletries or like play a game with toiletries. Yeah. It just it just sounded something like like whoever the writer for that episode was like, ooh, this sounds good. <laughs> right. <laughs> what does it mean? It just sounds good. Just leave it.
1: Well, I guess it means like the more stuff she could leave, the more committed he was.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just like, like something like that. Okay. Just like the the game of figuring out where they are in their relationship and in like some sort of physical form. I get that. That makes sense.
1: And it's so sad because she's so excited about it and she like meets her friends. And she's like, Look everybody, look at my tiny purse. I'm not carrying around my huge bag of items.
0: That's right. Oh, I guess that's why I th- I just thought it was like a fashion thing. I'm just like, check out this purse. And like, wow, what a great purse. Oh. I didn't even realize it was I had no idea it was like a, a functional thing that she was showing off. Like
1: No, she was saying, like, I, I don't have to carry all my stuff mm-hmm. because it's all at big. That makes sense. Yeah. Why my question is, why didn't she just
0: ask big right up top? I guess that would have taken away the conflict at the end of the episode, structurally. So Yeah. So that's why she was just doing it on her own. But it just that that sem- seemed odd to me. Just be like, hey, I'm I'm gonna leave like a toothbrush here. Is that cool? Just start off right off the bat, just like full transparency, communication. Like But
1: that's the problem with their relationship. You're right. If she can't do that.
0: You're absolutely right. If she doesn't do that, then there is no show.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> there's just
0: nothing there's no conflict whatsoever.
1: And and Charlotte um kind of says to her, No, you need to remain mysterious. You know, you mm. can't just be blunt about it. You know, and she doesn't think that Carrie should have left anything over there. Yeah, which brings us to that conversation they have um, about doing stuff at your significant mm. other's yes, apartment. Yes. <laughs> and Carrie's like, "I took a deuce.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. I mean, that like I, I feel like that warrants its own episode. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. When you get to that point with someone, I mean." I think I talked to you at some point when we had talked about doing the podcast. I I think I've said repeatedly, like I just want to come in and do the episode where Jim Gaffigan takes a shit with the door open. That's the episode I wanted to do. It's all right. It's okay. I'm happy. This was a great episode to (laughs) to drop in on. But if you want me to guest again or just like be a third on that episode, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts of Jim Gaffigan taking a shit with the door. It's all right. We'll 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 get there. (laughs) Okay. I have a lot to say about this one, so this this actually works out perfect.
1: That's good. Yeah, have you ever, you know, come to that point um, where you didn't want to, but you had to at somebody else's? Take a shit?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's something we all go through. Not just in, like, romantic <laughs> relationships, but just in, like, you know, people that we know. It's, <laughs> you never, no one wants to blow up someone else's bathroom. It's right. never something anyone's seeking to do. It's uh,
1: true.
0: But yeah, I mean... Just like the classic children's book says everybody poops. So it's, true. it's just something you gotta be comfortable with.
1: Well Samantha brings up a good point. She's like, I that's why I only date Richmond. So that there's like so I know I'm going to be in a huge apartment or a huge house mm-hmm. and I can distance myself.
0: It's an added bonus. Definitely makes things easier for sure.
1: Yeah. Cause I remember dating a guy in New York City. And he had, like, one of those railroad apartments. Yeah. And the bathroom was, like, in the kitchen.
0: Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be?
1: And it's just, like, you know. No
0: privacy. Nothing. And
1: they're, like, he's in there cooking breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I got to do what I got to do. And I had a lot of stomach issues that summer, but... (laughs)
0: You can't there's no like facade of privacy in New York City. No. Uh like I remember a buddy's apartment like the bathroom was so small that if you sat down on the toilet too fast, you would hit your chin on the sink. <laughs> like not I'm not exaggerating. So That's just bad. it's awful. It's awful. And I think people in New York have like accept there's like a there's there's like a comfort that people in New York have where they're just like I'm just a person. I'm gross. Like we're all here. We're all crammed into this like this hot, garbage smelling city together. So, like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna shit two feet away from you. And, like, we're all just gonna be cool with it. Yeah. But, but they're, you know, they're classy ladies. So
1: that's <laughs> why I love LA, though. There's just more room.
0: It's so much easier to shit in LA. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone can come to that consensus. <laughs> that's
1: why we're so much happier. Yeah.
0: It says that when you drive on the 10 in, it's just like, welcome to LA. It's easier to shit here.
1: <laughs> that should be there. I agree. All right. So, um, oh, yeah. Well, we kind of talked about that. Charlotte is dating um, her friend. Well, I guess we didn't really talk. We just talked about that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, Charlotte is dating her gay friend. Stefan. Stefan, yes. Is this
0: his introduction in this episode, is this the first time we meet him? As oh yeah, the we audience? never see him. We've never again. seen him before. Okay, uh,
1: and we will we'll never see him again. The Got first it. time, only time. Seven. Stephen Bodine.
0: My man Dan Futterman. Oh yeah, that's the actor. Yeah, you know him? No, no, I don't. Oh. I just I'm a I'm a I'm interested in his career. He's uh he's the son in the Birdcage.
1: Oh right. Yeah,
0: he's he was like the lead of that movie, and then did nothing. Else at all, I guess, like popped up in Sex in the City, <laughs> and then he wrote Capote, like the Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman Capote, and won an Oscar for it. So he's just got a very interesting career. I think he's more of a writer now. I think like the okay. last time I IMDb'd him, he's like writing a bunch of stuff. But I just, just always fascinated me. I'm just like Dan Futterman. Where, <laughs> how do you just float around, just like like just I'm gonna be the lead of like this huge studio comedy, The Birdcage, and then just like.
1: Yeah, it's so nice write to write an
0: Oscar-winning drama to
1: watch shows like this, like from the '90s, and then you're like, "Oh, that person, yeah, like, that person's a huge deal now."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or see, yeah, seeing like the opposite happen: someone smaller who becomes bigger. Yeah. Um, he's also like, how did you feel about his portrayal of a potential <laughs> gay man? Because I thought, it, like, watching it now, it was seemed kind of problematic.
1: Yeah, very stereotypical.
0: Very stereotypical. Like, like, I mean, and I guess that was the point. The point is that, like, she can't read the signals. But even still, like, he was just doing so much, like, hip and, like, and, like, wrist and hand stuff for, like, the listeners. I'm just, like, doing, like, like, (laughs) flailing my wrist in the air. Yeah, Um, yeah, just, (laughs) just, it seemed a little on the nose.
1: Right. And what and I think though they kinda of bring that up because he's like a pastry chef. He's living in Chelsea. Classic gay
0: profession. Yeah. She <laughs> can't be a straight pastry chef.
1: No, no. Um, yeah, and he lives in Chelsea, which I guess is like a big gay community. In yeah, New that's York. a
0: pretty historically gay area.
1: So, um and yeah, and eventually Charlotte asks him straight up, because apparently she can communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you gay? And he's like, "Look, if I was gay, I'd be gay."
0: Yeah, it was that was a nice moment, yeah. um, right before they sleep together. Right. Although I don't think any—I mean, I guess like I don't think any man would really want to hear that right before you're about to, <laughs> right before you're about to like get intimate with someone. It's just like, right. Hey, you're—are you you're just just checking? That's, just that's wondering. A, not that it's like, yeah, not that it's a, a bad. I don't know, it just would—it would take me out of it personally.
1: And then he plays share to. Have sex too, yeah. Do you believe <laughs> they?
0: Yeah, they really beat I it over the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. They really do. Um, I don't know why they felt like they had to, but I guess for comedic
0: sake. I mean, I guess just to just to have that conversation going of like, I can't tell what he is, and uh, and it was the '90s, so it's just like just play it up, just as yeah. just as stereotypical as you can get.
1: Um, but then it all it all comes crashing down uh, the next morning, and they're like, you know, cutesy, <sighs> like making breakfast, mm-hmm. and uh, and then there's a squeak,
0: a <laughs> classic New York squeak. Yeah. What is it? Also, he has a mousetrap. He should be expecting mice.
1: Right.
0: It shouldn't be a huge, like, terrifying shock to him,
1: unless it had just been a mousetrap sitting there for five
0: years yeah I guess so. It's, just, it's like i don't I don't think I have a mouse problem, but like, let's put this yeah, down just in case just,
1: yeah, he is a chef. There's probably bits of food everywhere from time to time, yeah
0: he's also a chef in New York. He's seen mice and cockroaches all the time, <sighs> yeah, doesn't track logically, but it was i i got it drove the point home, right. He just wasn't masculine enough for Charlotte
1: no but what does that mean like to be masculine enough enough to like you know, un- get a mouse or see a mouse or kill it. I mean.
0: I, I, th- I think that's a poor barometer. <laughs> Especially for Charlotte, who it t- doesn't seem like has, like, the biggest threshold for, like, needing the most masculine man. Right. Um, That sh- shouldn't have seemed like a deal breaker for her.
1: But the fact that he, like, jumped up on, the- he just overreacted. Yeah. You know, he jumped up on the chair, was like, yeah. Yeah, that was swinging
0: his arms. Just swinging those arms back and forth, just like waving, like still waving his hips out <laughs> on the chair somehow. I mean, I don't I didn't think that was I, I hate bugs and rodents. Like I'll deal with them. Yeah. But I was just uh I was just house sitting a couple of weeks ago and like a cat left a dead mouse like right on the like the welcome mat. Right. And I didn't see it. Like I was walking up to the house and I was about <laughs> to step on it and I was just like ah! <laughs> But you were like, no, I wasn't like, but I was like, oh god, I hate it, I hate it, and then like went and got like a garbage bag and like turned it inside out, and yeah, but like, but but still, like in grabbing it, I'm just like,
1: Like, but you deal with it,
0: but you deal with it, yeah, yeah. No, he really dropped the ball as far. I mean, just like kicking it at her
1: to the point where she was just like, she's the one that had to just like suck it up and be like, okay, I guess I'm going to handle this situation because she's
0: cuz they said a something woman. about like yeah like her or i guess like they said her masculine side hadn't evolved enough to catch up with his feminine side or
1: yeah whatever. something like that.
0: Have you ever seen a man do something like that and just been like <laughs> I don't want to fuck him anymore?
1: I mean, uh, kind of
0: <laughs> You don't have to elaborate.
1: No, I I don't think we broke up. Um I didn't break up with this person because of that, but I will say it it, it did um there, there was a moment with a cockroach mm-hmm. and uh and it we just it, it just took us too long to get rid of it took us like two hours to like finally like build up the courage to get rid of this cockroach
0: that's that's a long time
1: <laughs> it's too long yeah uh it was a really big cockroach too though it was like one of those flying ones oh, disgusting it, it was uh you know it was a thing but yeah I kind of I, I was I was getting frustrated because I kind of like you know you like deal with it and he like wouldn't had
0: you trapped it like what was it was
1: like stuck in like the back corner of a closet okay and we couldn't really see it. It was kind of dark, but every time we tried to get near it, it would like flutter. Nope. It, it, yeah, it was just. Mm-mm. And what I needed it was like a big vacuum mm-hmm. to just like suck it up. And that, now I have one.
0: Yeah. Like I'll deal with it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to relinquish responsibility and be like, nope, you do this. This is too disgusting for me. But I will, I will like m- moan and groan through the whole thing.
1: Well, eventually, yeah, I had to just be like, I just got in there and I was just took something and just started whacking the shit out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and finally, yeah, we got it dead and but yeah, at that moment I was like, come on, that's why guys are around, right? To deal with that. I mean, I think it <laughs> I
0: think it depends. I mean uh like a, about a half a year ago I had um I have a balcony in my apartment and some a couple of pigeons took it over. Mm, um, oh
1: right, right, right.
0: I you probably I probably told you about this. <laughs> yeah. um, a couple of pigeons took it over, they laid an egg and i was like i'm not going to smash their egg and then the egg hatched into a baby pigeon and i was like i'm not going to oh, kill a baby pigeon so i was nice like i'll just let them raise this pigeon until it's big enough to to fly away and then i'll claim cuz by that point the balcony was just disgusting it was just okay. covered in like you know all the sticks that they'd brought for their nest and just like pigeon shit and like bugs and just like oh it was putrid um so by the time the pigeon was big enough, uh we'd seen it like flutter a couple times. So it was like, okay, it can go. So my girlfriend and I were like I was like we're going to go out there and we're going to clean it this day. Um and we thought it had gone. We it had gone at one point. So it's was like, oh, it's gone. We can go out there. We go out there, we have like gloves, we have all the stuff to clean and the baby pigeons still on the balcony. I was like, oh, shit, I thought it left. Um and so we're like we just got to grab it and take it downstairs. Um, and so I put on like my work gloves, and I'm like trying to just grab this disgusting baby pigeon. And baby pigeons look disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like pigeons are already ugly, but a baby pigeon looks like it looks like a half baked pigeon. It's just like it's it's like a mutant pigeon. It doesn't look like a normal bird. Um, and I'm just like trying to grab it, and it's just like k- jumping out of my hands and everything. And I'm just like, oh god, it's disgusting. And there are all these bugs. And then my my girlfriend was just like, fuck, just let me do this. <laughs> she just she took the gloves from me, and she just grabbed it in one try and just walked it out of my apartment and brought it downstairs. And so, I mean, I don't know. I guess in that moment, she really, she bested me.
1: Yeah, I will say, like, after that cockroach experience, I was like, it kind of taught myself a lesson. Like, you know what? You got to deal with disgusting crap. And from then on, I just, like, dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So, like, with me and uh, Terrence, it's like, we have a night. Like, he deals with, like, all the cat poo
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's got that covered. Sure. Like, I've trained him well. Uh-huh. Like, he's he always empties the cat poo. Mm-hmm. But I clean up the throw up. Oh. The cat puke, I handle.
0: That's a nice balance.
1: Yeah. Well, they don't puke as, as often no, they as they don't. poop. No, they don't. So <laughs> I think I went out. But, yeah, you did. Um. But, yeah. But, you know, now I'm with someone that has a nice, healthy... But when I see spiders, I'm like, can you...
0: Deal with that. I had I had an ex-girlfriend. We were living together and uh she could not handle bugs or spiders or anything. And one time I was at work and she called me and she was like, You need to come home. <laughs> I trapped a spider and I, I'm not dealing with it. And I was like, I I'm at work. She's like, I don't care. You need to come home and deal with this right now. So like on my break, I came home. Killed a spider under a cup. And I was like, great, cool, thanks. That was my whole break. So glad. We're no longer together. What a surprise. It did not work out.
1: I I used to do the heavy book method. So whenever I'd see like a spider or something, I would just take the biggest, heaviest book I could find and just drop it on it and leave it. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriends at the time would always be like, why is this big book a Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, so then they learn. Like whenever they see big books laying around okay, to be careful.
0: I'll keep that in mind if I ever see that <laughs> yeah, I, somewhere. So there's probably a squish bug underneath that.
1: Yes, that's what I do. Um. Oh, we haven't even talked about Samantha.
0: Yeah, and Dominic.
1: Dominic. Delmonico, who we've never heard of.
0: What a TV name, <laughs> Dominic Delmonico.
1: Yeah, I, he the actor looks familiar. I feel like I've seen him on other things. Yeah, he's
0: probably he's like a character actor who's like been in stuff.
1: Yeah, but he, I feel like he always plays that same like rich guy character. Sure.
0: <laughs> didn't I? They, they didn't seem. I didn't see a lot in Dominic to be like, "Oh, this is the guy that she she got hung up on forever." Yeah, didn't didn't seem like too much of a winner.
1: No, um, but apparently he like broke her heart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, apparently they dated years before he dumped her, and then started dating uh, or got married to a woman named Anka, <laughs> and now they're getting divorced. Yep. So he sees Samantha at a bar, and like. They go out on a date.
0: Yeah, the spark's still flying.
1: Still flying. And
0: she need she's gonna get revenge on her on him. Yes. But ends up I don't want to spoil it. But <laughs> no, ends, no,
1: this is all spoiled. No,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ends up blowing it, blowing it big time. The the revenge plot, at least.
1: Yes, the revenge fantasy is what she called it. And um, yeah, he her idea was like, oh yeah, we're gonna get to the point where we're almost about to have sex, and then I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And yeah, she fails. Mm-hmm. And then she calls up Carrie, and she's like, I had sex with him.
0: And Carrie's like, great. So that, that plan really worked out?
1: Yeah, and she's like, there's a new plan. And I don't even know what her new plan was, like to just start dating him again.
0: Start dating him again, get really, get like a couple months down the road into like a relationship. Yeah. Build like a Solid stream of communication and trust in one another, and that just yank that rug out from under his feet.
1: Yeah, that didn't work out. Mm -mm. Because after they had sex, he dumped her.
0: Dumped her again because he's going to get back together with his wife, right? Is that what he said? Yeah, like that we're going to try. Yeah,
1: but I'm like, he didn't like have a phone call like right after sex, and
0: well, it seemed like maybe the second or third time that they were going out and having sex, because it was like that they have that one scene in the middle where it's like. She, she like this was the moment, and then you know like they fall down on the bed together, and right. then and then it's it seemed like the the scene where like they wake up together was probably you know mm. like a week or so after like her their second or third date back together.
1: But still, like there was a moment where he knew he was going to break up with her, and then they still had he still had sex with her.
0: Yeah, it's just some classic guy shit, right there. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's real shit. Just
0: wanted to. <laughs> Dip back in the pool one last time, even though he knew he had to leave the pool.
1: Yes, horrible. <laughs> immediately after. and um, But then, you know, the way it kind of ended with her and how she felt was like, well, at least I know I still have feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's a win.
1: <laughs> I guess. That's how they kind of wrapped it up with her. It was just like, have
0: feelings like I'm not a shitty person who's just able to just yeah. like, just maliciously hurt someone for the sake of hurting them? I guess. I mean, yeah. I feel like they could have found a more interesting way for her to like maybe try to do that and then it backfired or something like that um, rather than just like, oh, I guess like, you know, the whole history repeating itself thing is, is, that's what they were going for. Right. It's Just like, you know, fool me once. That old saying, <laughs> however that goes.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to attempt to try to say it because
0: I always say it wrong. No, George W. Bush ruined it for all of us. We can no, None of us can attempt unless you are 100%. Whoa, throwing it back. <laughs> That's right. I guess he was president maybe when this was airing.
1: Uh, Yeah. Right? I think so.
0: When did the first season air?
1: 1998.
0: Okay, so this is season two,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: 99. So I guess this would have been like the last year of the Clinton administration or the second to last year
1: maybe, maybe he was uh you know on the ballot at this moment in time, you
0: know the primary was probably going on <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: do you normally get into
1: <laughs> no which
0: which presidential administration is going on during the season of sex in the city? <laughs>
1: nope, sure, don't.
0: this definitely does seem like Clinton era shit though, like watching it just like it's very like, yeah, you Now it's the late nineties, like everything's like we're all making a bunch of money, and like. People are fucking in the White House, so we might as well... uh, Right. I
1: think there's a couple couple of Lewinsky um, uh, comments here and there. Oh, sure. In the show.
0: Makes sense. And then it all just gets really tense (laughs) in 2001.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's talk about... So, Miranda, she's got a lazy ovary. She feels like... um, it might be time to settle. Like, oh, she, she feels like she's getting old. Mm-hmm. So she goes on a date with um a man named Joseph Adler.
0: The biggest piece of shit on the planet? Possibly?
1: <laughs> yes. Definitely in the running? Yeah, I, I definitely wrote down some of his quotes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what?
0: It's just like a monologue that he does at the end there. Yeah. And you think, they did a really good job at like, I really enjoyed that scene because they have. She's judging him at the beginning for something that's just like you know, a, uh, what could be construed as, like, a superficial choice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe judging ju- judging anyone for getting, like, plastic surgery or, you know, altering their appearance. Um, and he's like, no, I'm very comfortable with myself. Like, this is something I wanted to do and I did it and now I feel great. And it's kind of like, oh, you're right, you shouldn't judge this guy. And then he ends up being the biggest judgmental piece of shit. Yes, And it's, it has a great turn. I really enjoyed that scene a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, so he, he's like, I'll just read it. He says, uh, you know, desperate women having babies at 50. Like, do we really need that? Because she's talking about freezing her eggs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, do we really need that? I'm like, what?
0: Where does this guy get off weighing in on this? <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he says it's a ridiculous abuse of science. <laughs>
0: I get like I get what they were going for. Like I I liked what they went for in the scene. But who has this opinion? Like, is there? If you're a man out there who shares this opinion, please call in or at us or something. Because like, I, it just seemed so ridiculous for a man to be like. I don't think women should use medical, like, innovation to help themselves have babies.
1: Well, he says, like, you know, it, if women can't have babies, well, then that's just, what, that that's their lot in life, you know? Yeah. And it's, it weeds them out. It's
0: very Darwinian. Yeah. He should, yeah.
1: I definitely think there's probably men out there that think that way.
0: Probably. Probably, like, the, you know, the strongest should survive. Oh, A yeah. b- bunch of, like, bunch of Walking Dead fans, I bet. <laughs> just a bunch of... <laughs> Some bunch of dudes that are just like, Yeah, they weren't strong enough to make it in this world, better off without them.
1: And they have to be southern too, apparently.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, good. yeah, I guess I did kind of, kind of pigeonhole all Walking Dead bands <laughs> right there. I mean, no, they're not all southern, but I mean, but they are. <laughs> I mean,
1: it was like based in Atlanta, so
0: yeah, that's 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 why I did it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I made that's that voice. That's
1: why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you're
0: listening to this podcast, you were not offended by the voice that I just made.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. Um, though I am from North Carolina, so we might have some uh, North Carolina listeners out there.
0: Okay, there's nothing to do with an accent. It's a very charming accent. It just it's.
1: <laughs> but let's get to the to the root of this. Yeah. So he thinks that it's ridiculous for her to be taking hormones, for her to want to freeze her eggs. And he's the one that has hair plugs.
0: Yeah, there's the rub. Yeah, it's right there.
1: And I love her line. Hey, I don't need to be lectured on science by someone who's doing crop rotation on his forehead.
0: Sick burn, Bam. Sick burn, Miranda. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, that's exactly what that guy needed to hear. It was perfect. It was perfect. Like having it was. The, it was a great device with him and the hair plugs. I was glad to see her tell him off.
1: Yeah. And I curious to like did they just finish their dinner (laughs) like she didn't like get up and leave she just like just kept eating
0: I guess maybe they were going to try to salvage it (laughs) just like let's find some common ground maybe yeah like what
1: else would they have talked about yeah
0: it would have made more sense for her to just get up just be like this is it that's that's a deal breaker that was a deal breaker for me at least
1: but I guess she was like you know what I'm going to sit here and finish eating my steak dinner (laughs)
0: Yeah, when there's food on the table, yeah, I'll pretty much sit through anything. Yeah. If someone's feeding me, it's, <laughs> say whatever offensive, wild shit you want to be, and I'll be like, I but, do want to finish this chicken, though.
1: But the one issue I kind of have, though, is they wrap up her story with, she stops t- taking the hormones, and she's just kind of like, you know, I am 33, but I still have, like, life to live. I still have one ovary. I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm just going to like keep, you know, just not think about I'm it. i just going to pull this
0: vodka out of the freezer yeah. and, and just like start punishing my body. And
1: I was like, but I, I don't know. I don't really like, I, I kind of, you know, if she wants to take the hormones because that's what she wanted to do, she should have kept taking them.
0: Yeah, it did kind of, it, it you're right, I didn't even think about that. It kind of like, she ended up siding with the guy a little bit. Yeah. Just being like, well, you know what, I guess if my body is going to make them, they'll make them. And if not, they'll not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about that. It's weird. I kind of backtracked it's... it on that one. hmm I mean, the sentiment is nice. It's just kind of like, you know, what What will be, will be.
1: Yeah, I, I guess like the idea was for her to like stop freaking out about it. Yeah. Um, But I think... I don't know, but I think she could have still be taking the hormones and not freaked out about it.
0: Yeah, there was probably a middle ground that they didn't consider. Right. Or like, or for like uh, Carrie's voiceover to be like, and Miranda got her eggs frozen and then she did whatever <laughs> she wanted to because well, she had a backup plan.
1: I guess also they, they had to take her off that so that it would be more of a big deal when she does get pregnant.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, so I guess it's for the sake of the show, mm-hmm. that they did that.
0: Yeah. I mean, they I could have had it both it. ways. They could have had her freeze the eggs and then still get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. True. And then she could have been like, I <laughs> spent all this money freezing my eggs. <laughs> Who wants an egg? <laughs> eggs for sale.
1: Um. Yeah, because Charlotte was going to need one. That's right. Um. So, let's see. Where are we wrapped up? So, Charlotte... um. Yeah, Charlotte ends up dumping that guy. Over the mouse. Over the mouse. Um, Yeah, he just wasn't right for her. Anyway. Oh, we also forgot to mention that Stanford is in this episode. Yes. For one little scene.
0: Love me some Stanford. I
1: love Stanford. Always. And he hasn't been in the the last couple episodes. Oh, he hasn't? No. So I'm glad to see him.
0: Are you a bigger Stanford fan or Mario Cantone fan?
1: Well, I mean, I just... Love them both.
0: <laughs> no, but you have to choose right now. <laughs> Sophie's choice. This. I'm. Uh,
1: I mean, Stanford.
0: Yeah, I think that's the obvious. Yeah, Mary Cantone is. It's going to be a little bit loud and grating over over too much time.
1: Yeah, but I just love that their chemistry eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that you know each of the girls has their own like best gay guy friend. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> they're not just one. No, it was it was it was pretty. Probably pretty forward thinking of the show to be like, we don't just have one gay friend character; we've got multiple. Yeah, because at that point in TV, like there had been gay characters, but it was only just ever the one on any given show, right? So it's nice. It's nice seeing. uh,
1: And I feel like at this point, Stanford becomes a bigger character. We see him now a lot more Mm -hmm. now that he's back into it. Um. So yeah. So Stanford's in that one random scene uh, with the pastries. Uh Yeah, so Charlotte, that guy. Miranda, you know, she's cool.
0: She's cool. She's drinking. <laughs> she's
1: drinking. Uh, Samantha is like, yeah, I have feelings. And Carrie, uh, I mean, basically big just deflects everything. Yeah. And Carrie just is fine with it.
0: Because she finds a photo in his drawer.
1: Woo Aww. A big whoop it doo.
0: I mean, that does carry some weight, right? A little bit. <laughs> I get I don't know. I mean that's what they wanted us to think. Or maybe it's just a red herring for later down the line when he's just always
1: I mean, but it was a it's not like a picture in a pretty frame sitting on his counter. True. <laughs> you know? He literally
0: has it hidden away. <laughs> yeah. That's true, I tried, didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think if I found that like hidden in a drawer, I'd be like, hey, Terrence, why don't you put this in a freaking frame? You know?
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Slap it up on the refrigerator, at least. What are
0: you, embarrassed?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Show me off.
0: You have other girls coming over here?
1: Exactly. Doing
0: podcasts? (laughs) They don't know you have a girlfriend?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, And also, what is it? The very last line in the episode is... Small step for mankind, but a really big step for big. and I'm like, what was the big step? Uh, nothing. No. I mean, I think
0: Carrie's just gonna take whatever breadcrumbs he drops by her, you know she's just like so desperate for him to be committed that you know just finding a picture in a drawer is that's that that's gonna be enough
1: because that's the only step because like he said no to all the stuff.
0: Yeah, still think it could be an aesthetic choice. <laughs>
1: Hey, everyone. There's more Cosmos on the way. But first, a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Well, let's get into some segments. All right. The first up is Good Big, Bad Big. Good Big, Bad Big. big, bad big. All right. Well, what do you think?
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd say bad big. Definitely bad big. I mean... Maybe the show wants us, like, leads us to believe this is more of like a neutral big, this episode, Mm -hmm. from her finding that photo. But no, he's just kind of, he's just noncommittal the whole time and doesn't want her stuff in his apartment.
1: Yeah. And even that conversation where she's like, so what do you think is the ideal living situation or relationship situation for two adults or something? Yeah. And he's like, you have your space? I have mine. The end.
0: (laughs) We do not progress whatsoever in our relationship. That is what I prefer.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that's pretty much what he said to her.
1: And it's like, you're like a 45-year-old man.
0: He is. Like, how old is Noth at this point in his life, in his actual life?
1: Oh, in his actual life? Uh, Yeah, I think he's probably like 45.
0: Do you find Chris North attractive? I have never <laughs> once looked at him and been like, wow, I see how this is the this is the man that this show is like basically not like the show is built around, but like our protagonist's main relationship is built around. Cause I'm like, I'm comfortable enough with myself to be like, <laughs> like when I see a handsome guy, I'll be like, that's a hot dude. But never felt that towards Chris. No, that doesn't I don't understand why she's so hung up on him or like why anyone finds him particularly attractive. He's um, he's got a big nose. He's just he's like I guess he's, they're going for like the tall, dark and handsome, eh? Like they got tall and dark, but I'm like, isn't he that handsome? I can't tell. He doesn't seem like he's in great shape. Like he's just like a yeah. it's just like a, a big hefty dude who wears nice suits.
1: I, I think uh yeah I have to disagree. Yeah, I think he's. Oh, okay. I think he's handsome. I think he's, uh, he's handsome because of his charm. He's just so charming. Mm-hmm. Like he just knows what to say, and he just exudes like you know confidence.
0: Confidence. He's like that that cosmopolitan male who's just like mm-hmm. I've, I'm just have got it all together.
1: Yeah, yeah, even though he's just very noncommittal. Sure. But right. that's like you know. But that's what makes it fun. You
0: know? Yeah, the, the, whole, chase. the chase. Exactly. Also, I still feel like this is, and I'm like, maybe encroaching on another segment, but like, but most of these dudes, I mean, this, the, uh, the women are so much more attractive than all of these men that they go out with all the time. I feel like that's a pretty big standard for this show and like a lot of shows. And I think it's, you know, it's something that people are talking about more now in like 2018. It's just like. You know, you see a Kevin James movie. It's like, why is yeah. Kevin James like with Rosario Dawson or like whoever it was in that movie? That you know, it's like, right? There's just something, and especially in this time in the '90s, it was still very much like, yeah, these gorgeous women can just be with these schlubs, and we just accept it because mm-hmm. like schlubs can get gorgeous women. It's kind of it's 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 tough to, especially in this episode. I feel like there's a lot condensed into one.
1: Yeah, there's um an episode. It's actually in the first season, uh, called Models. Uh, versus mortals mm-hmm. and, that, and that whole episode is about that the beautiful oh, really? women yeah the beautiful women dating not so beautiful men and they can do it huh they get away with it
0: that's way ahead of its time yeah that's awesome
1: yeah and um yeah and mr big is in that episode and he's dating a model of mm-hmm.
0: course
1: and he's just like yeah well they're just they're just beautiful you know it's like, what?
0: They're beautiful. I want to sleep with them. And, and I get to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that brings us to Hottie of the Week. Hottie of the Week. Okay. <laughs> so who you feeling? Who's my hottie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, should I run down the list? Now, you, normally, um, it's one of the guys... You know we we don't pick one of the ho- girls as the hottie, sure um so the the guys we have uh Stefan the pastry chef uh Dominique delmonico uh joseph Adler, nope crop, the crop guy nope
0: hard no hard um, pass on Joseph,
1: and we have mr big
0: i'm going I'm going with Stefan I'm going with my man Dan Futterman, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> One because I do think he's probably the most like aesthetically handsome of the the men in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I don't know if you, if you like Chris Noth, sure. Yeah. No,
1: I mean Stefan's cute.
0: He's a he's a he's a good he's a good enough looking guy, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like he's for to me, like speaking of what I was just talking about, he's like the least like schlubby of the dudes, right? Like Dominic. Nothing special about that guy. Nothing to write home about. No. He must be like loaded and have just like an a huge dick or something. Like I, I think don't, he
1: has a huge house for Samantha to shit in.
0: That's that's right. She's really she's really just broken up about that that faraway toilet.
1: Yes. I just
0: love being able to shit there. So yeah, I'm giving it to Stefan on this one. He's my hottie.
1: I think I have to agree with you. Cause he can make dessert. And you I love and make dessert. Dessert,
0: I do too. I love baking. That's that's very it's a very attractive quality to me. Yeah,
1: baking. oof, It's good.
0: I just wish he toned down his his like his gay Manurisms. mannerisms. a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um. I feel like if that episode was directed today, you could have all of the, like the episode wouldn't have to change like writing wise. You'd just be like, just stop swaying so much. Just like
1: I. I think it would have been more interesting if he really was playing down the gayness. Exactly. You know? So
0: it was like harder to discern. Right. Um And just
1: a few of those little things popped up.
0: Yeah. Because once he kisses her on the second date, you're like, oh, this guy's not gay. Yeah,
1: because it's very passionate.
0: It's very passionate. Because like the kiss at the cab on their first day, like, sure, maybe... Maybe it's just a very forward gay man who likes to kiss on the lips. Like there, you could still you'd still be on the fence. But like when they're in his apartment and he grabs her and kisses her, it's like oh, he's not gay, right? There yeah, you yeah. Problem like mystery solved.
1: Yeah, but uh, dessert. But dessert. <laughs> All right. So Stefan is hottie of the week.
0: Congrats, Stefan.
1: <laughs> What's his name again? Dan Dan Futterman. Dan Futterman.
0: I didn't even have to look that up. I just, I saw (laughs) him and I was like, oh, what's up, futz?
1: That's so funny.
0: We've just been futtering around all these years.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, now let's discuss some crimes of fashion with our next segment.
0: Oh, my God. Who
1: wore what? Why? Who wore
0: what? Why? Oh, I... I, I like. I had to take notes because I was like, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to remember a specific outfit, but just everything that Sarah Jessica Parker wore in it, this episode. Yeah, is she? I don't remember too clearly. Is she always this offensively dressed in like every episode, or was this like a particularly crazy um, episode for Carrie outfits?
1: No, I I think a lot of her. I I will say this was a very like revealing. Like she wore a lot of like. Crop
0: tops. Yeah, the crop top crop top was not great, but it wasn't the worst. No. That cheetah print she's wearing in the first one. Right. Not good. And then that white mesh.
1: Oh that
0: yes. that was that was number one. That white, white mesh. That white mesh that <laughs> what, she had a rave? Like what's going on? That's that, the good
1: outfit. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah,
0: that doesn't that doesn't get brought back around these days. That's not like no one's wearing that as a throwback.
1: Actually, is coming back a little bit. Is it? Yeah.
0: All right. Tiny bit. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not a fashion expert. (laughs) Maybe you can guess that.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm not either. So.
0: Well, you're not going to catch me in any mesh anytime soon.
1: (laughs) But yeah, yeah. This um episode, uh, yeah. She the cheetah print, not great. Um, the crop top with some weird like orange skirt.
0: Yeah, she looked like she was trying to be like in the stage production of Aladdin or something.
1: Yeah. And and
0: that one in the crop top skirt one.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh I liked um Charlotte's her Cynthia Raleigh dress.
0: Charlotte looked great. Yeah. I thought all of the other fashion cuz I was like I had an eye out for I was like I was like what are they all wearing and I thought everyone else's looks held up. Yeah. Maybe like maybe Samantha or Miranda and one dress was wearing like a like some sort of Asian inspired dress that I was like yeah, you know not the best, but... That
1: was
0: very 90s, though. So. Very 90s. Yeah. Very Josie and the Pussycats. It was like
1: kimono tops
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. would wear. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Char- all of Charlotte's looks, still, you could wear that 2018 oh, yeah. and look great. Classic. I'm also just a big Kristen Davis fan. As, I, as like that teenage boy, Charlotte was. Charlotte was my number one.
1: I saw her. In person. Did you? Yeah. There was like a sex in the, because it's the 20th anniversary Mm -hmm. and um, there was a sex in the city event um, a week or two ago and Kristen Davis was there and we saw her in real life and she looks exactly the same. Really? It is amazing. That's awesome. Like she has not aged. (laughs) and i wasn't that far from her uh-huh. so like i could see
0: you get you got you were up close and personal <laughs> yeah
1: i could see there was no hiding she, no and she just looked luminous
0: fantastic and
1: she's just so beautiful and she's so fun and like you know obviously she's playing a character charlotte but you know you you know the as an actor, it's, like, you have to put yourself into it as well. Yeah. And so it was just really cool to just see her up there talking and telling stories. Oh, that's lovely. The show, yeah.
0: You should have um, Caitlin Kimball on as a guest because, one, she's a huge Sex in the City fan. Caitlin Kimball, she's a great uh, L.A. Uh, comedian, actress. Um, she's a huge Sex in the City fan, but she was also in a series with Kristen Davis.
1: Oh, awesome. She was
0: on Bad Teacher. Um <gasps> And played Kristen Davis's, like, assistant on that show. So, like, she had every scene with her. Oh. So, like, she yeah. could can, can dish.
1: All right, we'll get her on then. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, let's discuss some wordplay with Pun of the Week. <laughs> Pun of the Week. Did you have any puns that you tickled your fancy?
0: There weren't, I mean, there weren't... Like a lot of like technical puns, but there were a couple of like great one liners that I really liked. Uh, The the first one was, (laughs) I think it's in the first scene um, when they're talking about Duke going number two uh, at (laughs) men's houses. And uh, Samantha says to Charlotte, honey, you're so uptight. You need to do a number seven.
1: (laughs) Oh, right, right, right.
0: That's a great one. Yes. Uh, But the winner for me, and this is just a great line of dialogue whoever wrote this line i hope has won an emmy at some point but um at at Stefan's pastry shop when they're you know they're looking to stanford for his sage advice and he's like he's straight you know i know because he's so amazing um <laughs> and at the end he says all the good ones are straight even the gay ones and just, that's a great line
1: it's so true
0: it is true and especially just like in that situation it was so specific to what was happening it's just like that's a gay straight man so (laughs) sucks that he even he is straight it's good yeah it was great
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right finally we've arrived you're such a you're such a
0: oh i'm such a what am i this so this is like how i'm feeling this week
1: right so which of the main four characters did you most identify with in this episode
0: <sighs> I identified with Samantha the most this episode because I feel like everyone else was going through like kind of a like a waffling like arc this episode of yeah. like you know trying to figure like am I going to do this am I going to do this or like am I just going to let you know allow myself to relax or like make a big deal of this? Um, Samantha was like I'm going to do this thing and then was unable to do it. <laughs> so like and that's where I feel like I'm at in a lot of my life. It's just like. I know I gotta do this, and then I am unable to, and I'm just (laughs) (laughs) cut off by my own insecurities and all my other personal stuff that always gets in the way.
1: So you're such a Samantha.
0: Such a Samantha.
1: Such a Samantha. I would have to say um, I think in this episode, I am a I think a Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm such a Miranda. I, cause I, uh, you know, I'm thinking about those parts of my life. You know, the future, the
0: baby parts. Not,
1: I don't know necessarily the baby parts, but just like the future, like what's gonna happen. And and sometimes I have moments of freak out, like, oh, am I, am I in my life where I I should be, or you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, just like I, okay, like I'm this age. Am I at where I should be at this age? But it's like, no, everybody has their own journey. Calm down. Yeah. Grab the vodka out of the freezer, <laughs> you know, make a cosmo and uh, just live your life.
0: Just live it, you know? <laughs> and that's just, uh, and that's societal pressure, honestly. I right. Mean, which, especially like as, you know, as. Artists living in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> yeah. Like we like it's just it's hard to subscribe to that stuff because that's just not the sort of lives that we lead. And yeah. even if you're not an actor, like who cares? Like have kids whenever. Or don't. Right. Get married or don't. Like it doesn't matter. It, yeah. We you know, spend so much time everyone believes like this is the thing you gotta do. But it turns out you don't.
1: You don't you don't have to
0: do it. It's just centuries of, like, archaic tradition just weighing down on us. There's no right or wrong way. No, and it doesn't mean anything. And honestly, this world doesn't need any more kids. (laughs) That's a whole other other podcast.
1: That is. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Well, cheers. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers. I'll
0: see you when Jim Gaffigan takes a shit. All right.
1: Well, that's the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I want to thank a few people that also make this show possible. John Fredette for the music. Check him out at jonfredette.com. Frank Capello, our lovely guest. Terrence Deutsch, producer, and everyone over at Boardwalk Audio. Again, if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, go find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos in the City or on Twitter at Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas, whatever, you can email us at Cosmosinthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers!